see ya. Bye-bye. Did you know you could give me a rating? That would be so sick. So if you could go to like Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to it and give me like a five star or like a 10 bags of popcorn, that would be cool. And guess what? It's It takes like two seconds. So it's, it's really kind of cool and easy. But if you don't want to, that's okay. Because guess what? Here is the episode. Yeah. And uh, like just going back to the, the, the Gabe Serbian thing, like when, when he passed, like, like I like I had only like like at that point I had only been into the locust for like like three years or so, but like it hit me so hard, like because like when I found him, like I was like, what the fuck? Like like how do you do this? Like I, I remember, I, I think I I definitely heard something off Plague Soundscapes, and I think it was How to Become a Virgin. That was the first one, and I was just like, whoa. And then also finding out later that it was recorded to tape, fucking mind blowing. And then like. And then, then you go to New Erections, and when you first hear like the first song, Ao, what you know the the one, like hearing that, I was just like, "How is he doing this?" Like it was just, it was mind blowing. And knowing that he couldn't even get an endorsement is what, like, dude, he's gonna rep your shit, and people will buy Peisty just because Gabe Serbian's using it. I, I'll go further in that. And that I, I think it's a cool thing that he had trouble with that because it's like, fuck that, fuck everything surrounding that. Cause that they're their own thing. And, it, and it's better that it's like, um, kept to itself insular or whatever. Like, like just that thing is what, what they were doing was so revolutionary. And yeah. like on that first song, um, is that plague sounds? I think it's plague soundscapes in that first track. How to become a virgin uh, or the, uh, AOTK. P-A. A-O-T-K-P-T-A, I think. Th- that, one, that one's on New Erections. Oh, New Erections, you're right. Yeah. Okay, so, which the first the first couple tracks off that are fucking dope. Perfect. Um, but, dude, it's, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think, I, I, I think to me, the way I romanticize some of my favorite shit is the mystery behind it, like the mystery and the magic. Yeah. And, and, um, I haven't really got into the person that got me in a drumming, but, but like the, the thing that I, I find is most compelling is like the stuff that is like, will never be answered and the okay, stuff that yeah. will never, will never like the mystery will never be solved. And, um, you know, I, as a testament to that, like when I, when I started partaking in like three, one G world, which is like, I joined, I joined retox in like 2016, I think. And then shortly after that, I joined Planet B. Yeah, um, which Retox and Planet B are both projects that were started by Gabe. Oh no way! Really? Gabe was the first drummer for Retox, and that first that first uh, record they put out was fucking insane. No, so good. Holy fuck! Oh my gosh, so noisy and just so like it's it's just perfect. It's so natural. Like everything just took place the way it should. Dude, that's so. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know how the fuck I didn't know yeah. that. Now I want to go back. I think I think I have a tape. Justin gave me the tape. It's um, I think I think the first record. I don't know if it's considered a record or if it's too short or whatever. It's it's ugly animals. Ugly animals is is the first retox record, and it's it's Gabe, Mike Crane, Justin Pearson, and then I think Thor Dickey on bass. Um, that that record is is just fucking revolutionary, dude. Like that it sounds so good too. It's, it's a combination of, of, uh, production and, uh, creativity. So it's so fucking rad. Damn. Um, yeah. And then, and then, um, well, well, Gabe always had this, uh, I mean, I, lo- I love Gabe, so I'm going to fucking talk more about it. Um, but like Gabe, Gabe always had a history of like starting a sick band and then walking away from it. <laughs> That's and, crazy. and I always knew, when I was in high school too, around the time I learned of Locust, I learned of like Headwind City. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, that's a guitar player from Yeah Yeah. I was like, Oh shit, let's check this out. And then you hear the drumming on it and it's just like, yo, fuck the guitar player from Yeah Yeah's. This record is about the drummer Gabe Serbian. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's like it's like fuck any like little bit of like, you know, trying <laughs> you can't dress this up in, in like any any cool way other than like you know, you have to acknowledge the fact that it's it's Gabe Serbian. Like, 
Hedwin City and hearing like definitive Gabe Serbian like that that's what I introduced people if I was a fucking Gabe doctor I'm gonna prescribe you that shit you fuck I'm yeah. prescribe you that and then and then Plague Soundscapes and um oh man I'm going out of order but but basically you know you know what I'm getting at is that yeah. it's the Gabe show it's always been the Gabe show and and what's funny is like I started working with those guys and when I started working with those guys I started um in 2016, I had the chance to like, you know, go to shows, play shows, and be in the room, be in recording rooms, being like, be in the presence of fucking Gabe. And I was so nervous, dude, the whole time because in my mind, I'm trying to preserve him as like, um, this like mystical, like mythical, like magician that happens to do music. <laughs> and uh, I, di- I didn't want to talk to him, dude. I, I, dude, I intentionally invo- avoided him. I didn't talk to him. I didn't talk to him until uh, 2000. Fuck, what was it? Right before COVID. No way. I think it was like 2020. I I intentionally like didn't talk to him. Like I knew that he came to all these shows and stuff, and like I was in the same room with him, and I was just like too nervous to talk to him. I was like, dude, I'd I'd rather I'd rather not know him because the abstract version of him is so much more meaningful to me, and and so much more. It just drives me and inspires me. And, and, and like, you know, I, I think a lot of people have that sort of feeling towards artists that they are influenced by. But when I did have the chance to actually meet him and talk to him, it was a locust show at the Regent. Um, I know they did, they did one and then they did one before COVID. It was the one before the most recent one. And I, and I, I got to go backstage and like hang out and like talk to him and like, I was nervous but like what what made me feel less nervous is like i had a broken leg at the time so i was on crutches oh yeah and i was i was like i was in the pit on crutches like <laughs> no throwing way. my crutches up in the air yeah i didn't give a fuck dude i was just like dude this is this is like such a unique experience i have to be in this like balls deep so i was like throwing my crutches up in the air i was like yeah whatever and like I got to go backstage and then like drinking tequila and stuff. I finally like muster up the courage to talk to Gabe. And it was just like, <laughs> and, like I, everyone's like kind of looking at me because they knew I was nervous. I'm like, damn dude, I don't give a fuck about all these other people in this room, but like Gabe's here. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then Gabe walked up to me and he's just like, he's like, yo dude, good to see you i'm like good to see you too dude i'm like you're such a sick drummer dude such <laughs> fucking sick drumming tonight and then he's like you're a sick drummer too dude and like when i heard that i just like fucking collapsed dude i was like no way <laughs> dude. how do you know that because i'm not dude i've yeah, been exactly. faking it this whole time exactly <laughs> emulating you i'm emulating your ass like like literally when you like go and try to become a sick drummer, you emulate someone yep. and like, you like do it to the fullest extent. I was like, dude, I literally like watched so many of your drum videos and like, I, I fucking try and steal so much from you. It was one of those things. It was so goddamn rewarding to talk to him and like bro down them. And like that, do that to me meant like everything that meant like I've been friends with him for years. That was like that, that felt, that felt like all of that. And, and just like a little 20 second moment. And um, I'm really glad I got to have that with him. Dude, dude, like seriously, like I'm just glad I now know someone that got to experience that because I wanted to have him. I wanted, I've been wanting, I wanted to talk to him for years. Like when I had Justin, Justin on, like that was terrifying to me because like he is huge to me. Like he is like rock star level in my brain just because I, the locust like retox fucking everything he's done has been like mind blowing to me. And it's just like revolutionary. And like, and like talking to him after the conversation, I was like, Holy fuck, this guy's just a person. But then like, I felt this, I feel the same way. And I, I wish I would have like pushed harder to get like Gabe to, t- to talk to him because like, it was he he was that's one big regret is just because he was such he's such an inspiration to me and i never got to experience like him and i've heard podcasts and i've heard him talking and he just seems like a fucking awesome dude and I'll, and going back to what you said knowing that he said you're a good drummer dude like you like to me i was like if someone said that to me that like like him i could die happy <laughs> dude i know straight up and then just to like further that <laughs> disappointment of you not getting him 
I went, or fuck, who was it? Just a couple of days ago, my friend Becky posted something about a podcast with like a little snippet of Gabe's voice. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, dude. Any, like, there's so much information that, like I said, it's this, it's this weird combination of like, you want to hear it, but you don't want to hear it. Yeah. It's, it's like, you want to, I get to, I don't know, the, the best terms I could put it in is like, you want to see the magic trick, but you don't want to understand it. Exactly. You don't want to understand how it happened. Yeah. And and like that to me, to me, that's my favorite fucking music, dude. My favorite music. Like I want to, I want to like get close to it, but I don't want to understand how it, how it's created. Yeah. Like not, e- not even on like uh, any level, you know, like, like, um, I don't know, dude, just some of my favorite artists. Like I, I want to, I want to be close to it, but I don't want to, I don't want to see like the secret sauce, you know? I, dude, I like that idea. I've never thought like that because every time I'm like, Oh dude, I want to fucking write like this band because like, Holy fuck, they're everything. And like, but I like that idea, like knowing that, like, but if I know, then what if it like taints it or like tarnishes what it was in my brain and all this stuff. And so like, I totally understand why like not talking to Gabe for that long is just because you're just like, what it like I, I i would then know but like again i again i'm so glad you were able to talk to him dude that's fuck man that's so dope yeah it's crazy because i not not to like put anyone else down but like i've met i mean when i when i first uh started playing with retox yeah i'm mike mike was like my uh i don't know what the word is like he was sort of like the liaison for the whole like hey we're losing a drummer but we need a new drummer <laughs> I'm, like, I'm your drummer man i'm your dude <laughs> and then i i joined the band and he's like all right if you're gonna do this you got to learn these songs and show us that you can do it and then i learned all the songs and i show up and i just fucking crush it like as hard as i could i put my whole fucking bean into that shit yeah and like i, I think i spent like the first tour we did was like a Southwest tour. And like, I spent like a week just learning every song. And then I went, I, I was living in Palmdale at the time. I learned everything in the hot ass Palmdale summer. Yeah. And then I drive down to downtown LA to their rehearsal space. And it's just me and Mike, it's just guitar and drums. And we start running through shit. And like, I'm just crushing it. Like trying to show him like how badly I want it, you know, yeah, like, yeah. He got the vibe right away. He's like, he's like, all right, dude, you got the passion. I was like, dude, fuck yeah! Like, this is this is all I want to do. And dude, I was like, I'm very sick. passionate about the project. Yeah, and like that was another thing I learned about passion too. Is like, you know, like get, giving a fuck about live performance is so important. And yeah. and when I started working with Mike, and like I realized, like, dude, like the record is the record, but like the live performance you have to you have to leave something memorable yeah always leave something memorable. i don't i don't care dude leave something memorable into whatever degree it is like leave something memorable yeah yeah like whether it's good or bad like leave something that people weeks later will think about because like the, the the my biggest fear is like i'll go up there and do something and like no one recollects it like yeah, moments yeah. after i won't i don't know it, it's it's so important to me and like, i started working with him and like i and like we we're on the same page about that kind of stuff and then um I don't know, man. I know I was going with this, but like, I think, I think working with Mike, like made me realize it's like, okay, I have to hit really fucking hard too. Cause he's used to really hard hitting drummers. Yeah. Not to mention shortly after that, I started working with Dave Lombardo. <laughs> Fuck. And it's just like, and it, he told me one day, he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, I work with the drummer from Slayer, man. You have to be able to hit harder than him. If <laughs> oh you want to, if you want to jam. He like, he just, he just like put it in such simple terms. He's like, Hey, like, <laughs> it's just kind of like so casual, like, like no offense dude, but like, you know, Dave Lombardo was just here. So if you don't hit harder than him, then, you know, like we're fucking done. <laughs> dude, that's like, sick though. Yeah. And like, I was just like, Oh yeah. All right. I'll show you rim shot, yeah, dude. Right? And like, I went in there and it's like, <laughs> I went there, like I tuned up my snare as tight as I could tune it, as like, tight as I could possibly tune every fucking lug. And I went there, I broke every stick I could break, I broke every symbol I could break. I was just head to toe drenched in sweat. I went through like three <laughs> pairs of clothes. I drank, I drank like three gallons of water, and I'm just like, dude, like I'm serious. Do you not like? I had to show him like, 
if you don't see that I'm serious, then you know, like something's wrong. So, like yeah, exactly. I, I'm clearly, I'm clearly serious. <laughs> and like to this day, to this day, dude, I like keep up that ethic too. It's like I, I always bring it like changes of clothes and gallons of water, um, because like the music, I mean, the nature of it is like really heavy violent crazy fast like the funnest shit to play on drums absolutely the funnest stuff but also like a godsend in the way that it's like um health healthy for me is because it's my incentive to not like not party not take you know like you have to get good rest you have to take care of yourself if you're going to be touring in in a crazy band because like why why am i going to play less you know like I have to deliver as much as like my heroes delivered. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, that's so important. Dude, that's so sick. And, and like what, like you, like you talking about Mike, uh, Mike, like it was what I thought was so cool is that like, when again, going back to the show, we played with you, like you were like, yo dude, like what's up? Like, Hey, after you're done, like loading up, like, uh, let me introduce you to Mike, uh, Michael. And I was like, Oh cool. In my head, I was like, whoa that that, to me i felt like that was so cool that you were trying to introduce me to like other cool fucking people like i like and me being nervous i packed up all my stuff and like was standing outside because i was nervous because first of all like you like you you and him i i put on like a very high pedestal because like i love your drumming and his guitar playing i love his style so much so i was nervous to talk to the both of you in person like i was just like oh fuck like he said come over and talk i was like oh my god what what if i say something wrong which i probably wouldn't have but it just like it was so intimidating to me and like like i i think like it's in the same vein of how like you were talking like about gabe like i was like i just don't want to like fuck this up Dude, I, I just thought that was so that was so cool. You're like, yeah, yeah, come over, like talk to us. I was just like, oh, I'm just um I, I felt like I felt like the little brother of everyone being like, oh yeah, sure, like cool, whatever. And like, but like, yeah, I just I I I just wanted to tell you, I was like, I I thought that was just so cool in my head. Yeah, dude, you gotta get Mike on here next. He's got some shit to say for sure. I told him. <laughs> oh fuck yeah, cool, dude. That'd be awesome. <laughs> dude. Hell yeah. But yeah, dude, like, um, I don't know, like, yeah, and like going back to like your, your, like the, the thin crash and stuff, I've always wanted to use it because like, and like, okay, n- after you talking about a customs, like I want that because I, right now I have a, a, a sweet, a, a 19 inch sweet crash K custom and it just doesn't, I, I don't know, man, it just doesn't fucking it's not as loud as i want it to be and it it, it feels like it's so like, like you were saying like muted and stuff and it, it's fucking annoying to me that i paid this much money and it's still not something i still haven't found my like dominant crash and it, it it sucks so bad hey on the bright side you pay a lot of money for something you don't like yeah be grateful for the fact that you still are like objective about your sound yeah because yeah I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to sound like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, what do I know? You know, but like <laughs> you should, you should always be objective about, cause when you're being objective about your sound, it means you're chasing something. Yeah. And so- sonically that's so important, especially for drummers because there's, there's a, uh, it's not just one instrument. It's, it's uh several different sounds that make up one big sound. And, um, uh, it's just really important to me. It's like I, 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 I'll like sit here and be like, "Why am I, why am I so caught up on like my hi hat sound? I should be worried about like my toms and this and that." It's like, it's like no, that's the whole thing though. The big picture is you should be worried about every little thing. Yeah. So I'm stoked for you that you're upset about it, <laughs> <laughs> dude. And thank you. Like that's really cool. I've never thought about it that way. Like I've always been like, "Fuck, I have to spend another four hundred dollars on another symbol," but like, like. <laughs> like 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 some of my favorite hi-hats i had for years they and it was funny they were just xs20 sabians like and like honestly like i've had so many people like uh, like before my top one broke like uh so many people would come up to me and be like dude those are the loudest fucking hi-hats i've ever heard and i'm like cool like i just have them and i love them and they were so good and then i like after it broke like uh my bassist he's a drummer also and he had a uh, master sound a 
a, a custom 14s and I just used the top on, on my, on, and my bottom one was still the XS20 and the both of them together sound fucking phenomenal. And like, and I, I love, I love like matchings, like, tr like I've never tried to like mix and match, but when I did that, I was like, oh my God, there's so much like potential and like, wait, so tell me about your mix match. You're saying your hi-hats, you did two different hi-hats. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the, the bottom hat is an XS20. I, oh, fuck, I can't remember what it's an XS20, like, which is technically one of their cheaper symbols. And, uh, and then the top is a master sound, a custom 14 inch. They're both 14s, but like the, the way they hit together sounds so fucking great. I love like the, the, like the, because like the bottom one's so fucking heavy and thick and the master sounds a little thinner and it, I, I, I just love the tone it has. I got to try that. Yeah. Cause I remember I, um, I, I was like taking lessons from uh, Matt Garska from Animals as Leaders. Holy shit. And yeah. he was, <laughs> he was really all about the whole, um, customized hi-hat situation Oh yeah, where he's like, think of your bottom as definition and the top hat is your wash. So it's like your bottom hat should should honestly be a low end symbol. It should be like a really low end thick ass like something that is just very direct. Yeah, yeah. And then and then your top one should be kind of like a sloppy thin or something like that. It, I mean like if you if you if you have that kind of combination, it's a very noticeable um tone. And then I think like anything um you know, in between 13 14 inch. Yeah. And we'll we'll also like change it up, but like I, I don't know, man. Like I've I had like these Sabian Paragons, like the Neil Neil oh, Pert yeah, um, yeah. Sabian Paragon thirteen inch, which is like the high end Sabian uh, hi hats. Oh, definitely, and, yeah. Dude, when I when I first when I first toured with Retox and we were like we we're jamming, recording demos, and like we we did sort of kind of record a record that's kind of like not shelved, but just kind of sit on a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, but like we, we record all this all these songs. And I'm like. Dude, it's all on the, those 13 inch paragons <laughs> are so like just defining the sound. No way. Like when I when I was drumming, every time I would drum, I'm like, yo, this is a hi-hat moment. Hell yeah. And like everything was so inspired by these hi-hats and it and it was these 13 inch paragons. So like I, I can't get over how much I love them, but um even to this day I have a hard time uh transitioning to 14 inch, you know, like standard, but but thir these 13 inch ones are so I, what I like about them is you get a 13 inch pair of hat hats that are dark and like, they're so, they're so quick and responsive, but if you get dark 13 inches, they sound like 14. Oh, so you really? don't have to stress about the. Well, yeah, you don't have to like that. Like people are like, Oh, the tone's going to sound weird. It's going to sound all high pitched. I'm like, then get a dark pair of 13. Exactly. Yeah. And then, and then they sound like they're 14 or 15 even. And then you get crazy. Like, like a lot of like hi-hat chirps like I, i'm like super heavy on like the hi-hat chirps like that's part of my playing like i love doing like hi-hat closes with like left hand right hand you know like yeah. i just like throw it in between my fills and stuff and so if you're gonna like throw it in between a fill it has to cut and it's not gonna cut if you don't have a 13 inch damn dude see like i i played on 13s once and i felt like it was the most microscopic thing like it was it was crazy like i played on a 10 inch tom recently and i was like dude what the fuck this thing feels like it's like this like a bottle cap like it was like it, it's like so like i've i've only ever played on 13s once and i felt like it was so small and i felt like i would just keep missing it which i probably wouldn't but it's just i think it was just like me being in my own head about 14s being the ones i've only ever played on right Damn. Look at us drummers. Look at us drummers just talking shop. <laughs> Dude, I love I, I'm so sorry. I feel guilty because I always try to stay away from this. I so badly love talking drums, you know? Dude, no, I, to me, like, I, I, I don't really talk drums that often. And honestly, I feel like I'm pretty, like, ignorant to drums anyways. Like, like I, I've never really taken a dive into, like a lot of stuff but i know what i know and i love it dude and like honestly hearing you talk about like like the, the you, you doing chirps on a 13 is so that's so sick to me so like dude i can talk drums all day uh, most of the time i'll just listen and be like no fucking way tell me more <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah cool man i love that yeah fuck yeah dude like 
but like anyways like i just thought that was that that shit's so dope dude like um but yeah uh fuck what was i gonna say yeah like uh yeah, but anyways, the, yeah, I had the fort, the, the the fucking master sound in XS twenty, and like fucking cool, and then just like I can't remember what I have like a, a crash ride actually that's like cooler than I thought it was going to be, but I still miss my like a custom sweet ride. That thing was perfect. Um, but yeah, dude, like I like so. Are you actually like setting like Are you going to be able to use those like symbols tonight? Um, I'm going to use them. I'm doing like a little, um, like Bay, Bay area tour this weekend. Oh, so dope. I'll probably use them this weekend, but, um, I, I, I might spitefully not use them <laughs> what? to be honest. Really? Yeah. Cause I already had a backup plan. I knew that these symbols probably weren't going to show up. So I like hit up a couple of friends. I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird thing, man. Like I, the more that I do certain like shows, like the more I realize I'm like, yeah, eh. if I, if I really want to focus in on like a certain symbol sound, I might just like have a really dope ride symbol. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, everything else is sort of deemed like negligible because in the mix, what are you going to hear if I'm playing like 150 BPM punk music? Yeah. You know, you're not going to tell if it's high end hi hats or, or like XBTs or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> you, don't, you don't know the difference. Yeah. So I, I, I kind of want to take it upon myself to start experimenting in a way that's just more like, I don't know, like I get like sticking it to the man. <laughs> Cause like, dude, I, I feel bad. Like I, not to name names, but I, I have a couple other like Peisty artist friends and they're yeah. telling me like they're on tour right now and they're like, dude, like we can't even get stuff we need and it's broken. Like we have to go to Guitar Center. Yeah. I'm like, damn, dude. So what? You got to be like Josh Freeze to get some shit. Like, <laughs> dude. But then, dude, I bet if I talk to Josh, he'd probably even have some like gripes. Uh, dude, that's what I was about to say is that like I bet he would just knowing Dave can't get fucking shit as easy as you yeah you yeah that's the dumbest thing on the planet <laughs> yo i know josh has grace because his latest instagram posts like i'm not i'm not the greatest foo fighters i'm not i'm not the biggest foo fighters fan yeah um but i spent you know i spent i can't tell you how many like minutes just like <laughs> not minutes hours whatever <laughs> but like yeah I, you know i sc i scrolled through you know like obviously I feel I feel for the fucking loss, you know, and like oh, yeah, of course. I, I I definitely cried watching the video of like his son playing. Yeah, that was um, cool. the tribute. Like, dude, yeah, like obviously, like fucking waterworks. Here we go. Like yeah. that shit's sad. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I feel for that. That's so that's so like deep and moving and all that. But then like Josh <laughs> Josh Freeze who's like, you know, everyone's favorite studio drummer. Yep. He makes a post just saying like, "Oh man, I have a recollection talking to." talking to Taylor back in the day and we used to always goof around that we we're like two orange County drummers. And then like, we used to always joke around about how I wish I had his bank account. <laughs> what? And I was just like, what? That's insane. <laughs> I was just like, like record scratch. I was like, wait, 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 hold on. <laughs> the, the world's most sought after recording drummer of all time <laughs> is envious of Alanis Morissette's <laughs> drummer's bank account. Cause I know, I know he's referring to the nineties when he was touring with Atlantis. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, okay, so I, I, what, what label like Warner brothers or some shit? Like what, what, what fucking budget is he getting that Josh isn't getting where Josh is like literally one of the most revolutionary studio drummers of all time. And like, damn dude, I I'm so sorry that I'm like, I, I don't want to talk all this drummer shit, but like <laughs> to me, that's just like, what? kind of what kind of like ass backwards world do we live in where josh is envious of one drummer's income versus him being on like 50 records a month dude i was, gonna, I was gonna say a month dude like like josh yeah, is literally and, on every record and and if if anyone wants to give me a hard time about it go on discogs.com and look up josh freeze or look up look any up, artist you up, like and then josh freeze will be there yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah like <laughs> dude and, and and right rightfully so exactly. and like in the most in the most tasteful way too it's like but but um god damn i hope i don't sound like a dick because I, I i did see foo fighters about a year ago before he passed away and like 
Fuck, dude! I even I even auditioned for a band that was supposed to tour with Foo Fighters, Whoa. and I didn't I didn't I didn't get the spot because their original drummer was able to do it anyhow. But like I I was like like this close to potentially drumming um, in a band opening for Foo Fighters on like a handful of dates. That would have been unreal, dude. Yeah, and I was looking forward to it because obviously, you know, Dave is my dad and doesn't want to pay child support. <laughs> but you know, that's that's another story. <laughs> wait, um, wait, wait, what? <laughs> nah, I'm just, I'm just fucking around. Oh fuck! I was like, I, wait a minute. <laughs> no, nah, when I was in high school and I didn't have like my facial hair, everyone was just like, "Oh, you look like Dave. You look like Dave Grohl. Like maybe you're his son." <laughs> Dude, I was about to say, I was like wait a minute like that like you like record scratch moment dude like wait no i've never i've never had any personal dave Grohl um interactions i've like run into him a couple times but i never like talked to him or nothing but um i don't know it's just it's just funny i don't know where i'm going with all this (laughs) oh yeah so like r.i.p um drummer from foo fighters yeah but i don't know let's let's focus on uh whatever we were talking about <laughs> dude well, well one thing that i wanted to say was like dude um i heard on your instagram and i can't i i didn't i didn't uh i wasn't paying like i didn't like hone in on it but like where did you use that pork pie snare at that last show i did yeah dude first of all god damn like that like that thing sounds ridiculous and like 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 because like when i saw like the video on your on your instagram and i was like dude this thing sounds phenomenal like first of all what heads do you use that's a head that i don't normally use i'm just using it until it breaks um i usually use the power dots the remo yeah yeah um but that's a uh what was that that's a copper snare Okay. Uh, but, but pork pie made me a custom copper, and then they also made me a custom. Um, I want to say the one prior to that was a custom oak snare that I needed for recording. Oh wow! So I got two uh, pork pie snares recently made in the last six months, and the and dude, um, that's so sick, dude. Bob, fuck, dude, that guy's so dope. Most people don't know this. N- now that we're like heavy on the whole drum nerd shit, <laughs> yeah. is that um. Bob from fucking pork pie is like making uh or god damn it, am I saying Bob? I'm saying Bob because I'm thinking of the snare. His name's Bill. <laughs> I'm such a dumbass. So no, because I'm thinking of he has a snare called the BOB, which yeah. is an acronym like uh the black over brass or whatever. Okay. But his name's Bill Detmore, and Bill Detmore is the founder of Pork Pie Snares, which is based in Canoga Park in the valley. Oh wow. So you really you, Holy shit. you just drive yeah just drive over there and like say what's up they're fucking so cool um bill bill detmore owner slash co-founder of pork pie snares he gets contracted to this day i think to this day and then ever since like the late 80s from like gretch pearl tom on dw premiere um all the other like specialty companies that do like jazz kits and stuff yeah yeah he gets he gets um contracted to do all their high end stuff the no stuff way. that they can't do on small scale so i would i don't know what what the actual like um production of uh, numbers are but i would guess like it's something like you know maybe like 60 or 70% of the production that he does at the shop is pork pie stuff and then the like 30 or 40% is like high-end dw high-end tama high-end pearl like snare manufacturing no what what the fuck that's insane he he is single-handedly building all of the shit that you would you want to go buy like a nice tama dw pearl snare or whatever or pearl kit like you want to go buy like the nicest version of that it's something that was made by pork pie And and it's so funny to me that it's like disguised as like each company's its own thing. It's like, nah, dude, Bill, Bill Detmore makes everything. And there's a really dope podcast you can check out, which I'm like surprised people are sleeping on it. It only has like 300 views or some shit, but like there's a podcast on YouTube with Bill Detmore talking about pork pie and how he founded it. Um, he was, um, 
he was doing like he was working for nasa or he was like a rocket engineer or something like that and he quit his job to just pursue his passion for drum building what seriously um yeah and then he opened up this tiny ass shop in canoga park and like he like fucked up right away like he had no idea what he's doing (laughs) and like made a bunch of mistakes but now like present day dude he's like one of the dopest drum makers in southern california and I, i i gotta give him a round of applause because like I can't think of many small drum makers. Everyone's either like sold out or like, you know, retired or whatever. But like Bill Detmore is doing some dope ass shit. And like, it's beyond pork pie. It's not just pork pie. He's doing like everything that you see at guitar center. He's had a hand on. No way. What the dude? I would have never thought that that's ridiculous. Yeah. So like, I think I posted some stuff on my Instagram, like the custom snares he did for me. And it's like this, like, Cause I, 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 I also like sort of do like art department type stuff. Like I'm super into like rad custom finishes. Oh, cool. And he did, he did this custom finish that he calls alcohol ink. Yeah. Which he told me not to tell anyone how he does it, but it's like, it's a specialty. Like, um, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just like a, a really crazy looking like multicolor finish. Hell yeah. That is like kind of abstract looking, but like super like, you know, catches the eye so dope dude and i and like he had the series of alcohol ink drums he was making for a while so i was like dude i have to get this i don't care how much it costs i need it (laughs) i'm very i'm very aesthetics driven when it comes to like my my like setup dude that's dude uh, dude, i i am too like like i love i love to me i love having like like a multi multi-colored kit like just like right like right now i'm using like a 90s floor tom from tama and like and then i have a sonar a 2005 sonar kit and then a fucking gretch hand hammered like snare which i love that thing that thing's amazing but like again he probably had his hand on it like um but yeah dude i i like aesthetically i love like having like a drum set that looks like a fucking multi like everyone gave me a random piece of drum like a drum right. piece yeah but dude, so cool yeah dude that shit's fucking crazy that's dude that that's so i would have never thought like pork pie was behind all that that's so cool yeah like guy's a mastermind dude and then like just because i was asking about the head just because uh you you know david fajardo right yeah, 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 super rad drummer. Love dude, that dude. Ridiculously good. Like I like I I love his drumming so much, but like he's the one who introduced me to the head I've been using ever since like probably for like 5 years now is uh have you ever used the Remo X14? No, but it sounds like <laughs> I I've been using the Remo Clear Dot or I forget what the name of it is. But there was something with the X attached to it that I remember thinking this sounds and looks really cool, dude. Dude, it sounds phenomenal. Like it is. It's. I think it's. A, a, I guess. I think it's a single ply coat. It's a single ply coated. I'm pretty sure. But like, I'm not kidding. Like it, that's the loudest thing I've ever played, and it's. It's like literally like David told me years ago. He was like, "Yo, get this head, and you'll be happy." And I have not switched from it. And like, I loved the 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 power like the power dot. I've never played a uh, a fucking like non-coded power dot is that so you play a clear power dot or or dot or whatever oh sorry i take it back no that was like when i was trying to be flashy a few years back that was like uh and i just play the it's just the regular power dot okay 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 i was gonna say like i've always wanted to try a clear head on my snare but i'm always just like i don't i just know my coded ones have always worked and i just don't know how it's gonna fucking sound you know i had like like the the head I have on it right now is like about to break any second, but it sounds really good right before it breaks. Exactly. Yep. And which I know, like the average drummer wouldn't want to like waste their time with that because you know you know that you're gonna have to like cough up money like next week or whatever. Yep. <laughs> but like, um, I was kind of stoked to do it because like it, it's it's just the head that they gave me when I got the snare. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna play the shit out of it till it breaks. And like now that I'm like reaching its breaking point it has this like certain tone that like um should it should be coming off thin but it sounds really um like full toned for what it is that's so sad. But, like you know but it here it sounds like it's gonna break and the only the only terms i could put it in is like when you're like recording an amp that's like about to break or like like a like a pv where the tubes are like just 
about to burn out. Yeah. (laughs) And like, I I guess that's the way I'm looking at it. But, um, yeah, after this head breaks, which I'll probably break it in the next two shows, (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go back to, I'll try that X you're talking about X. What did you say? X 14. Yeah. X 14. Yeah. Like, I, I've like, ever since David said it, it was like, holy fuck. Like this thing. I I love it. Like, I I feel like you, you'll, you'll dig it too. It's, it's, it's been one of the coolest heads I've ever used. Nice. Yeah, dude. Like, but dude. Okay. Well then dude, I have, uh, two more questions for you, which like, uh, so this, this one's a weird one that I like to ask everyone. Um, so if, if your band or bands were a TV show or a movie, what would it be? Okay. I think, um, I don't know if I could speak for my band, but <laughs> speaking from, from my, my own weird sense of humor, I really, I, I think that it would be Aqua Teen Hunger Force <laughs> for the TV show. <laughs> yeah. I really identify with the uh, Master Shake's sense of humor. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it doesn't get noticed, but it's really dark and fucked up and shouldn't be said. <laughs> dude, that's the best. That's the best type of humor, dude. Like, I love that. That That's sick. Like, one of the best things I ever saw in Aqua Teen was uh, where they were getting those, like, shakes and, like, they rip off the bottom of it or, like, drinks and they rip off the bottom and it gives you, like, a fortune and then like Carl rips it off and it just says, you're going to have your dick ripped off. And I just thought that was so funny. Like I, I, that show was so perfect. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Damn. What was the other one? Movie? Oh, or, or, I was going to say TV show or movie. Yeah. If you have a oh, movie, movie, go for it. I don't have a movie, but I, I recently watched, uh, damn, what's the name of it? I think it's called airheads. Is it Airhead or Airheads? Dude, it's Airheads. I've never seen it. I've always wanted to. Oh my god, I just I just recently saw it. It's Brendan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and Adam Sandler as a rock band. But like, dude, that's like honestly the hands down the greatest Brendan Fraser role of all time. Damn, dude. And then dude, Chris Farley has a cameo. Like Chris Farley, or no, he's like a full-on character in the movie too. Oh, dude, Chris Farley's everything, dude. I miss that that guy so much. Oh, do yourself a favor and watch that movie as soon as possible. It's so good. It's such a good movie. Even if you're not a band guy, it's just it's a great movie. Dude, and like I've seen like one part and one of the funniest lines ever is like when like because their band name is the Lone Rangers. And then I love that the guy says, can you even pluralize that? that's really funny Dude. that's really funny yeah okay so you do remember the movie <laughs> yeah like i i've seen i know of it but i never i only saw that one part but i've never seen the whole thing so yeah i need to fucking check that out hell yeah dude and then also like uh what i like like uh like what i like to end on is so like what has been like the best show you have ever played and then give me the worst show uh best show i don't i don't know if i have a best show i'll go with like unexpected show i played an unexpected show one time with um my friends doug and john carlo we had a band called plain tourist it was very short-lived and we played a desert show where my friend nia set up the show out in the middle of the desert like miles away from like any housing track yeah on like east palmdale or no like west palmdale and it was like it's totally in the clear, like way out in the middle of nowhere. Like you have to like take all these windy roads to get in the desert. And then we set up, we, we get there and it's a generator show, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. and it's in the field, it's all hidden by Joshua trees and stuff like that. So like, I knew that I was like, we, we got to play first. Cause like, I don't care that we're in the middle of nowhere. I still feel like cops might show up. Yeah. yeah. And we end up playing the show. And then right as we're done playing the next band starts playing and then cops roll in what and we're like dude how do they even find us we're like i think we're literally like seven miles off the grid like i don't even know like (laughs) i don't even know how they found us and then the cops rolled up and they're like yeah we heard you guys from the nearest freeway we're like bullshit like on a freeway what like someone like tipped them off i think you know and then these cops show up and it was weird it's just one cop car so two cops get out they walk up on stage and like 
you know, I'm sitting there like just kind of like looking at everyone trying to like telepathically say like, yo, like don't do anything. Like it's chill. Like obviously there's underage drinking and shit like that, but like don't run, like just yeah. chill. Yeah. And then like everyone's kind of chilling and then the cops go up on stage and we're on like the shitty like, you know, sort of like pea shooter, like PA that's on a generator. <laughs> and then the cops are like, like, all right, we're going to play a couple songs. What? And then dude, I shit you not, man. These there's two cops. One of them gets on drums, and the other one grabs a guitar and gets on the microphone. And they like run through a couple punk songs. No fucking dude, what? Yeah, dude. and then everyone just starts raging, dude. There's like a circle pit. There's people crowd surfing. It was all like super documented. I, I think I have some of the videos somewhere. And it's like, dude, just like everyone's just going nuts, and these cops just like played a couple punk songs. And they're like, fuck yeah, we're better than you guys. And then <laughs> dude, the they fuck? get back in their cars and they and they just leave. Dude, no. Oh, dude, that's like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, they just came to like show us up and then they left. <laughs> dude, and were they actually good? They didn't show us up. They weren't that good. But like in their in their <laughs> in their like perspective, we're just like, yeah, just like make them seem like they're cool. And then like they left. Yeah, exactly. But still, dude, that is one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, because I thought we're all going to get tickets and all that bullshit, but it was just two cops. So I was like, well, two cops are definitely outnumbered by like 100 kids. So like, what, what are they going to do? <laughs> exactly. So like the only thing the only thing they could do is like jump on stage and play. <laughs> it's <was laughs> funny. sick, dude. So anyways, that was like an unexpected show. Uh, worst show, not worst show, but like interesting. The most interesting show is I... I uh, was filling in on bass for This Place is Zoo oh, in like yeah? 2007. And I jumped off the stage while playing bass and I broke my leg. Wait, Charlie told me about that. <laughs> yeah, I think Charlie would have told you about this. So me and Charlie <laughs> go way back. Charlie Ward's the homie, dude. Like fucking middle school, sixth grade era. Holy shit. But, but. <laughs> The time that he asked me to fill in on bass, <laughs> which is so funny because I'm filling in on like two shows, yeah. I think. And then the second show we played was a sold out show at the Palmdale Vets Hall. Oh, nice. And, or I don't even, I don't even know if it's sold I'm just like making it sound cooler than it, what, what it was. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and give you the real details. The show was like 30% sold. <laughs> there was like barely a third of people in the room. No one's there. <laughs> Straight yeah. up no one's there. But in my mind, I have this I have this weird memory where I've probably I've probably overridden the actual memory at this point because of how many times I've had to recall this shit. So my my current version which fucking I fuck all if I if this is even close to the real version is that we were playing on stage, um, which is a stage that is maybe like a foot or maybe a foot and a half <laughs> off the ground tops. <laughs> and then we're playing the show and like the energy's good. In my mind, it's a sold out show. I was like, fuck yeah, we're going hard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 16 or 17 years old. I'm like, I think I'm just 16 actually. And um, I'm playing bass, you know, and like, I'm definitely embracing Justin Pearson vibes. I'm doing the whole back bend and all that shit. Yeah. Like there's, there's pictures that like prove it. I'm a poser <laughs> and like, I'm going so hard, dude. And there was this tall guy in front of the stage, like kind of being a dick, like pushing like people around him. Like just like this tall douchey guy, like not having good etiquette and like just kind of pushing people. Yeah. And then like, I kind of like would run up while I was playing bass and like taunt him, you know, like I was going to jump on him. Yeah. And I didn't jump on him. And then we get to like the second to last song. And I was like, oh, I'm going to jump on this fool. Cause he's like pushing people. <laughs> so I go to jump on this guy. He's a really tall guy. You know, I'm like 16 years old. I don't know how tall or weight I am, but I'm a small little kid at this point. And I go and I jump with all my force on top of this guy. And then the guy turns around last minute, sees me coming. And then he just deflects me like, shh. Sho he just shoves me way up in the air dude i'm like sailing at this point <laughs> and i'm like sailing away from the stage and i'm going like i'm like airborne and i'm going like way up in the air and i finally like hit the ground and i knew i was gonna hit the ground so i was playing my friend's bass i didn't want to break so <laughs> instead of like, hit, like hitting the floor with my bass or my friend's bass i hit the floor with all my weight on my left femur and like right away my bone 
just like shoots out of my leg. What? Yeah, my left femur. I'm wearing like I'm wearing like Nike five elevens or whatever. Like I'm wearing like the skinniest jeans I could find as a sixteen year old, like junior year <laughs> of high school. And like the fucking bone like was protruding. Like a part of the femur was like sticking out of my pants. <laughs> and then I stand up and I go to walk back to the stage because I'm in shock. Yeah. And I didn't know what happened. And like I go to take one step and I just immediately collapse. And I was like, oh shit, something's wrong. And then that's when I realized something's wrong when I'm still in shock. So I hobble back to the stage and I play like the last 20, 30 seconds of the song. Yeah. Um, like whatever the song was, <laughs> you know? And then like, I remember like, I have a distinct memory, like playing it. I was like, right, I'm just going to finish the song. And then I'm like hobbled up on the stage, just kind of like posted there. And we played the like last, few seconds of song and then lights come back on i just like look around i'm like telling everybody I'm like yo i just broke my leg and then they're like, you didn't break your leg i was like dude i broke my leg like take a look and then like we take a look at my leg and like the bone sticking out of the pants <laughs> like, it's visible dude yeah. that's terrifying then, yeah anyway anyways i got hospitalized for a week and then i was bedridden for like two months what dude i have a foot long titanium rod in my leg and 13 screws <laughs> dude sick <laughs> dude and all <laughs> yeah what's that dude th that's amazing dude and all for filling in yeah which is like hilarious because it's just like it's not even my band i'm just filling in <laughs> Dude, that's so sick. I can't, dude, I can't believe that. That's so amazing, dude. That's such a, like, your femur, that's like one of the hardest things to break in your body, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's the hardest one to break. If I ever see you, I'll let you, um, you could touch my left kneecap and it's really, like, super crunchy. <laughs> sick, dude. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. Dude, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fucking cool, man. Yeah, dude. Dude, oh man. Well, what I, what what I'm gonna say is like uh, a fake goodbye, and then stop the recording, and then talk to you right after this. Okay, sounds good. Okay, see you later. Later. So there it is, the end of the second episode, a part. I guess there we go. I'm not editing that out, but ah, oh, man, I I just it was again. It was so much fun. So, like, just like the first one, thank you, Kevin, for coming on. That was so much fun, and thank you. Uh, but, hey, guess what? Again, if this is your first time, why didn't you listen to the first episode? Go back and listen to that one. But if, the, if you're back for the, from the first one, now I thank you. So now not even playing field, now thank you more. No. <laughs> but anyways, like... I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. It was fucking awesome. And uh, guess what you should do? You should stay tuned and listen to the next episode whenever that'll be. Hopefully next week. You never know. But guess what? I will talk to you then. Bye. Hey, the voice you're listening to is Josh Matthews. That's me. The person that basically produces the show is my brother, Danny Matthews. The person that wrote the intro is Nick Riggs. It's sick. And guess what? That's it!